Welcome to the Physics Central Podcast. I'm Calla Cofield. Today on the podcast, cochlear implants have helped hundreds of thousands of people with complete or partial hearing loss regain some of their hearing abilities. But the current design of cochlear implants could be in for a serious makeover. Thanks to a new processing chip built by engineers at the Massachusetts Institute of Technology, a new cochlear implant design promises to eliminate the need for an external battery pack and microphone, making the implant virtually invisible, wirelessly chargeable, and it would improve the patient's ability to determine the location of sounds. That's today on the Physics Central Podcast. Cochlear implants and similar implant devices have helped hundreds of thousands of people who suffer from partial or complete hearing loss. In the last few years, there have been a number of viral internet videos showing the emotional moment when people who previously suffered from hearing loss have their cochlear implants switched on for the first time. Okay, what do you think? How does Hi, baby. Together? Sounds good. <laughs> Oh, oh, tissues. I meant to bring some in here because I knew we were going to need them. That's good. Does it really? That's awful. <laughs> I'll take it. Cochlear implants do not work for people with all types of hearing loss. To understand who can benefit the most, we need to first review how the ear works. The ear starts with the outer ear. That's those flaps of skin on the outside of your head. They help gather sounds. The sounds travel through the ear canal and cause vibrations in the ear drum. The ear drum is attached to a series of three small bones, the malleus, the incus, and the stapes. These are often referred to as the hammer, the anvil, and the stirrup. These bones amplify the vibrations of the eardrum and send those vibrations to a fluid-filled structure called the cochlea. Now, the entire process of hearing is mechanical and electrical. There are no chemical signals involved. Inside the cochlea are tiny hairs that take the vibrations coming from the stirrup and turn them into electrical signals that are delivered to the auditory nerve. This is the nerve that sends that information to your brain. Most people who use cochlear implants are lacking those tiny hairs in the cochlea. So a cochlear implant takes over that function. It sends information directly to the auditory nerve. The very first devices to attempt to send information directly to the auditory nerve were built in the 1960s. And it's an incredible feat of modern technology that these cochlear implants work as well as they do. But they cannot give someone perfect hearing abilities. Here's a clip from a video by Arizona State University that allows you to hear the difference between what someone with natural hearing can hear and what someone with a cochlear implant hears. First you will hear the sound input to the implant, and then you will hear what it sounded like. It was a full moon three nights ago. It was a full moon three nights ago. Don't live beyond your means. That was an unexpected outcome. So current cochlear implant technologies include a chip 
that is surgically implanted inside the patient's ear, as well as an external microphone and a power device. And those last two things hook over the side of the patient's ear, and they basically look like a large hearing aid. But this design could be in for a serious makeover, according to researchers at the Massachusetts Institute of Technology, who are working in partnership with researchers from Harvard Medical School and the Massachusetts Eye and Ear Infirmary. The researchers at MIT just debuted a low-power signal processing chip, and the other researchers are currently working on putting that chip into a new cochlear implant design, one which would remove the need for all that external hardware. Now, cochlear implants need a few things to make them work. Number one, they need a power source. That usually means that the patient has to wear a battery pack on the outside of their ear. But this new chip can be charged wirelessly. Now, methods for sending electricity wirelessly through the air have been around for over a century, but they haven't always been practical. That's been changing in the last decade. In fact, technology trends for 2014 suggest that this may be the year that wireless charging becomes an option for cell phones and other electronic devices. One technique for achieving the transfer of energy through the air is called magnetic resonance wireless charging, and this is what the new chip uses. Basically, this technique transfers energy by equipping both the charger and the device with magnetic coils. The coil in the charger can oscillate to create a magnetic field, and energy can be injected into the coil and then passed to the second coil. The engineers at MIT have already designed an adapter for charging the new chip, and that adapter can actually be plugged into a cell phone, so the patient doesn't even have to be near a wall socket to recharge the device. One of the engineers said that he imagines you could put a charger in a pillow so the device charges overnight, but that's actually hardly necessary because this chip only takes a few minutes to recharge. Okay, the second thing that a cochlear implant needs in order to work, it needs a way to gather sound. So it needs a microphone. Now, the human ear is a natural microphone, but current cochlear implants use an electronic microphone, and that has to be placed outside the patient's ear. Now, this has two downsides. Number one, it's bulky. It's obtrusive. Number two, it means that the person isn't using their own ears to hear things, and that reduces their ability to determine where sounds are coming from. Now, your brain helps you determine the location of sounds two ways. First, by listening for the difference in time between what you hear through your right ear versus your left ear. Just like two eyes give you depth perception, two ears allow you to better determine where sounds are coming from and how far away they are. Because obviously a sound coming from your right is going to reach your right ear before it reaches your left ear. And your brain is smart enough to pick up on that tiny difference in time. Now it's possible for your brain to accomplish that task with the two microphones that are used in a cochlear implant. In fact, here's a clip from a video of a woman who has been living with an implant in one ear and is about to get her second. Before they switch on the second implant, the nurse asks her about the difficulty she has determining the location of sounds. 
Do you notice though, just that you miss the whole surround sound in the 360? That if, you know, if an ambulance is coming down the road, are you going to have to do a full circle before you figure out the direction? Yeah, well, I still have to ask, where is that coming from? What is that? Yeah, yeah, I can hear it, but I don't know like where. Yeah, yeah. that's what most patients say is the biggest change. So all of a sudden, you know where. Okay, cool. So. There's another way that your brain helps you to determine the location of sounds. If you go take a look at your outer ear, you'll notice that it's not a smooth funnel. It's got lots of contours and bumps. Sound waves coming from different directions bounce off those contours differently. Your brain can recognize those differences, but they are lost when an external microphone is used. But the new device would use the patient's natural outer ear, and it does this by combining the cochlear implant technology with another device called a middle ear implant. So a middle ear implant is for people who have hearing impairments due to problems with those three tiny bones, the hammer, the anvil, and the stirrup. In some cases, the stirrup doesn't vibrate with enough force, so the signal doesn't get to the cochlea. So a middle ear implant consists of a sensor that detects the vibrations in those small bones and a very small actuator that helps the stirrup deliver enough force to the cochlea. Now, in the case of the new technology, the engineers would use that sensor from the middle ear implant to detect the motions of the bones but it would send that information directly to the chip, which would stimulate the auditory nerve directly. So sounds would still be captured by the person's natural outer ear. The third thing that a cochlear implant needs is a waveform. This is the electrical signal it sends to the auditory nerve. I played you a clip earlier of how a cochlear implant sounds to someone wearing it. The reason it doesn't directly replicate the original sound is because it's very difficult to imitate the natural signals that are going from the cochlea to the auditory nerve. The waveform generated by the new chip is actually part of its power-saving ability. It takes very little energy to generate this particular waveform. And while this waveform does not appear to make any improvements in the sound quality, It does create an equal experience based on some early research with patients who already have cochlear implants. So it looks like the new cochlear implant will be comparable to current technology in terms of how well they interpret sounds. So these engineers who developed this low-power chip have found a way to put it into a cochlear implant device. This new design promises to remove the need for a battery pack by being lower power and wirelessly chargeable. By combining it with a middle ear implant, it removes the need for an external microphone. And it has this new waveform that helps keep it low energy. There's a lot of basic physics that's gone into the research that led up to this breakthrough. It's a great demonstration of how physics can actually help make people's lives just a little bit better. You've been listening to the Physics Central podcast. I'm Calla Cofield. As always, you can find more podcasts, our Physics Buzz blog, resources, and so much more at physicscentral.com. Tune in next week for more of the Physics Central podcast.